0: And welcome to the Little Ferraro Kitchen Food Show. I am Samantha with the Little Ferraro Kitchen. I'm a food blogger, a cookbook author, and a cooking instructor. On this show, we'll be talking all about weeknight cooking, recipes, fun ingredients. Basically, if you love cooking and love talking about food, this is the place to be. Welcome back to the Little Ferraro Kitchen Cooking Show. My name is Samantha Ferraro, your host. And if you love cooking and love talking about food, especially this week, then you are in the right place. So don't go anywhere. This week it is game time. We are on Thanksgiving week. We are talking all about Thanksgiving recipes today. I have been cooking up a storm and adding a lot of recipes to my social media and to my website to help with inspiration. And it's been a lot of fun. So To be honest, I've had my Thanksgiving fix already, but I'm ready for Thanksgiving day and then we're going to do a Friendsgiving. So we are just going to be eating a lot. On today's episode, we are tackling some of your most common Thanksgiving questions. And before we get into the questions, I always like to share a little bit of what we've been cooking in our kitchens over the last week. And like I've said, we have been cooking up a storm in preparation for Thanksgiving. I have made a lot of bread pudding, a lot of stuffing. Lots of vegetable dishes, Brussels sprouts, roasted squash. I have been doing it all. And I'm also going to be making some cranberry sauce because it freezes really well, which we'll talk about soon. And one of my favorite bites I have had this week, and I was hoping to get it on the website before Thanksgiving, but I might have to wait until Christmas. I made stuffed mushrooms, small stuffed mushrooms that are perfect for an appetizer. And they are so good. I'm still dreaming about them. And they were pretty easy. Easy to make. So what I did was I took some bourson cheese, which is a cheese that you can find really in most grocery stores. It comes in a box. It's a French cheese that's spreadable. It has lots of herbs and sometimes garlic. It's really, really flavorful. And like I said, most grocery stores have it. And what I like to do is I take some of that cheese and I stuff it in the mushrooms. I also saute some shallots and the stems from the mushrooms and I add a little panko breadcrumbs for crunch. And then I stuff it in the mushrooms, pop it in the oven at 400 degrees for about 12 minutes, and it is some of the best flavors (laughs) that you have ever had. And it's a really quick and easy appetizer that you can make ahead and also reheat. It's always delicious. Add some fresh chopped herbs on top and everybody will love it. All right, so let's get into Thanksgiving questions. The number one question I always get asked is how long before you're ready to cook to thaw your turkey? So the rule is about every 24 hours for four pounds of turkey. So for example, we are having a 16-pound turkey. So that's giving us four days that we have to thaw the turkey in the refrigerator. So we have to take it out of the freezer Put it in your fridge, preferably on the bottom shelf so it doesn't touch anything, and just leave it there for four days. Now, the time can increase if you want to dry brine it or even wet brine it. We are a dry brine family, which means that you need to take it out for an additional 24 or even 48 hours. And what a dry brine is, is you are taking salt, sometimes sugar, sometimes herbs, you're taking the turkey out of the package, you're patting it dry really well, and you're rubbing this salt herb mixture all over your turkey. And what happens is this salt mixture is going to help drain any excess moisture from the turkey while keeping it moist when you're ready to roast. One of the reasons I like to dry brine instead of a wet brine, and if you're not familiar with what a wet brine is, you're basically making a water solution with salt and whatever flavorings you want, and then putting the whole turkey in there. And I prefer a dry brine because I find it much easier instead of having a vat of water with this raw turkey floating around in it. And also when you're dry brining, you're kind of giving it a head start in the flavor compartment. So you're adding all the salt. Salt and herbs as well, and it's just giving the whole entire bird so much more flavor. Another tip, whenever I dry brine, I put it in the fridge and I don't cover it, I just let it be. So this is, of course, you need a, a good size fridge or room in your fridge. And what happens is, as it's sitting there, it's kind of drying out the skin. So when you're roasting it, you're only going to get a crispier product. Now once the bird is dry brining for 24 to 48 hours, right before you're roasting, you're going to see some moisture that's accumulated in the pan, and you wanna toss that out. And you can take some paper towels and just kind of lightly pat it dry because the skin might have some moisture. But then what I like to do is I make a compound butter. Now I've talked about this, using it with chicken or putting it on steak, but what a compound butter is, is a flavored butter. So you take some softened butter and then you add some more flavorings to it. I like to add lemon zest or fresh herbs such as thyme or chopped rosemary, even parsley. And sage would be absolutely delicious. Sometimes I even add some spices such as paprika or if you only have dried spices or dried herbs, add like a half a teaspoon per herb into your butter and just mix it all together. And right before you are ready to roast, take that compound butter and just smother it all over the turkey. This is the time you want to take off your jewelry, take off your rings, clean hands, and just get in there. I like to go on top of the skin, but also under the skin. And just be careful because you can tear the skin. So just go really slowly and smoothly and get that butter all over under the skin where the breast of the meat is, and just under all the crevices. Now you flavored your turkey, but now you have this cavity in the turkey that is an additional element of flavor. So this is the time when I put anything extra I have, if I have half an onion, if I have extra herbs, even a lemon, some garlic, I shove that into the cavity. And that's also giving the entire burger. Such great flavor. Now, I should have said before you are smearing the butter on the turkey, you already should be preheating your oven. Your oven should be at temperature when you are putting the turkey in. And this goes for anything you're roasting or baking. Always preheat the oven, it just helps with timing and temperature. So now your turkey is seasoned up, there's butter everywhere, your oven is ready to go. How long do you want to cook your turkey? So what I like to do is I like to crank it up first. I set it to about 450 degrees and I put the turkey in the middle rack. I would say closer to the bottom to the middle so you have room. And I leave it there for about 30 to 45 minutes just to give everything a head start. Then I decrease the temperature to about 350 degrees and just let it go low and slow for about two to two and a half hours depending on how big your turkey is. I also like to check the temperature of my turkey so I have a meat thermometer which I highly recommend. And I put it through the thickest part of the bird where you're not touching any bone. So usually that is the breast. I like to take out my turkey when it reaches about 160 degrees Fahrenheit to 165 degrees Fahrenheit because when it rests, when you take it out, which we'll talk about in a minute, it's going to come up a little bit more in temperature, so it's okay to take it out between 160 and 165. Now, while it's roasting, if you're nervous about the skin getting a little too brown or too dark too quickly, just take a sheet of tin foil, aluminum foil, and just cover the top of it, and that will help if the skin is getting a little too crispy. So once your turkey is all done, take it out, put it on the counter, leave it alone, and let the turkey rest for at least 20 minutes. And this is also a perfect time to reheat any other side dishes, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Because if you are cutting into your turkey while it's Still hot. Number one, it's going to be too hot to cut into. But number two, you want all those juices and everything that you work so hard for to kind of get back in the groove of things into the turkey. So let it hang out. Keep the foil over it if you want to keep warm. It's such a big piece of meat that it's not going to get cold and everyone will still have warm or hot turkey. But let it rest for at least 20 minutes. And this, again, this is the time you're reading leftover or not leftovers, you're reading side dishes, your chat. You're still finishing up your appetizers, so let it hang out. While your turkey is resting, you can actually, you can move it to a cutting board and let it rest. Now you have all of these beautiful pan drippings on the bottom of your roasting pan. This is called fond, and this is really the critical element that you need to make a really good gravy. You also get fond, I've talked about this before, like making short ribs, for instance, when you are searing meat and you get all those beautiful meaty pieces in the bottom of the pan, that just creates a fantastic sauce. So now you have these great drippings on the bottom of your pan. And to make a gravy, what you want to do is add some butter and flour, I like to do about equal parts. So you can do, let's say four tablespoons of butter with a quarter cup of flour, and then use a whisk, and you're going to... Heat it up until the butter and flour melt and cook and become thick. This is also a great time to add a splash of wine, maybe white wine would be really nice, and deglaze that so you're picking up all those delicious meats and. Or, bitty meat parts from the bottom of your roasting pan. And now we're going to make the gravy. So you want to add enough stock to make a thick gravy. So off the top of my head, I'm going to guess about four cups of chicken stock or even a turkey stock or vegetable stock, whatever you have, even water could work. And you're going to add that slowly while you're whisking all of that other flavor into the broth. And what happens is it's going to thicken. All of that butter and flour is going to thicken the liquid to make a gravy. So just continue whisking and mixing until your gravy becomes thick. You can also steep in some sage leaves or thyme or rosemary, which would be really delicious, and taste for seasoning. You might need to add some more salt and pepper. So continue whisking until your broth turns into a gravy and it's nice and thick. And there you have made some delicious gravy. Another question I get asked is what dishes can I make ahead of time? And what's so great about Thanksgiving is that you can really make most of it ahead of time. And as the turkey is resting on the counter, this is a great time to reheat things in the oven, which really, if it's cooked already, you just have to warm through. Some of my favorite dishes to make ahead of time is stuffing and or a savory bread pudding. I have made stuffing and savory bread Putting every year and a lot especially in this, these last few weeks and you can either do it uh, you can assemble it and then you can bake it off when you're ready or you can cook it completely cool it down leave it in the fridge for when you're ready and then just tent it with foil and reheat it in the oven as the turkey is resting I will include some of my favorite stuffing and savory bread pudding recipes in the show notes. But to give you a rough idea, what I'd like to do is I'd like to saute some leeks and garlic, or if you have any shallots, that would be delicious. And if you like sausage in your stuffing, I like to um, add some cooked crumbled sausage in there as well. I also like to saute some other vegetables, such as mushrooms, and then I add lots of herbs, such as rosemary, thyme, and sage, and then add your stale cubed bread. So really dry, old, stale bread or even lightly toasted bread is perfect for stuffing because it just uh, soaks up all that beautiful liquid you're going to add without being too soggy. So I like to do a challah bread. I've also done ciabatta bread. I've done white bread, sourdough, any bread that you have. And then add enough stock to the bread and the other uh, flavorings So all the bread is evenly coated with that liquid and then just pop it in the oven and then bake for, I would say about 40 to 50 minutes, depending how much stuffing you're making. And again, if it's getting too brown on top, cover it with foil and that's really stuffing. And then when you're ready to reheat it, keep the foil on, pop it in the oven until it's nice and warm through and stuffing is ready. Another favorite side dish I like to make ahead is mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes, but there is a lot of work that goes into it between the peeling and the cutting and boiling, there's a lot of work that goes into it, so I highly recommend making mashed potatoes ahead of time. Once you've peeled your potatoes, cut them in about half-inch cubes, and when you're ready to boil them, bring it up to temperature all at the same time. So add the potatoes to a cold pot of water, and then bring it to a boil. That just helps the potatoes cook evenly so they're nice and creamy throughout. Then drain it, and then to make really creamy mashed potatoes, I mean, you'll hear all these tips and tools that you need. My favorite way is to keep it simple and I like to heat up some milk and butter together and then as I'm mashing it, while the potatoes are still warm, I add the warm milk and butter right to the potatoes and I mash it all together and that makes for the creamiest potatoes. Now, from there, if you're making this ahead of time, let it cool completely to room temperature, pop it in the fridge. I would even take a sheet of plastic wrap and press it onto the potatoes so there's not any extra film that develops. And when you are ready to reheat them, well, you can do a few things. You can put them back on the stovetop and then add a little bit more cream just to kind of give it a little bit more creaminess because it might solidify a little bit while it's in the fridge. Or you can also add a little bit of cream, but add it to your slow cooker and leave it on low and just let the potatoes warm up. That way you're not using another pot. There's room on the stove and you have your slow cooker that's on the counter where people can just help themselves. Another recipe you absolutely should make ahead of time, and preferably homemade, is cranberry sauce. Actually, this is something that I will be making today, which is right before Thanksgiving, because cranberry sauce freezes really, really, really well. So what you want to do to make homemade cranberry sauce is you have a pot, you add fresh cranberries, add a good amount of sugar, and I like to punch up the flavors a little bit. I like to add a little orange zest and orange juice. I also put a cinnamon. Stick in there to kind of steep through all the flavors, and sometimes I also like to add chopped pear or even a chopped apple because there's pectin in that fruit, and that just helps everything thicken really nicely. And really, just cook it until the cranberries are incredibly soft, everything is nice and jammy, and delicious, and sweet, and thickened, and then from there, just let it cool to room temperature leave it in the fridge. And if you're making this far in advance, put it in the freezer. And when you're ready to serve it, just let it come to room temperature. And if there is any excess water, just drain that out and it's ready to serve. Another favorite recipe to make ahead of time is salad. You can arrange your salad up to, I would say two to three days in advance, and it won't be wilty or soggy. But what I'd like to do you can do one of two things. You can have a large salad bowl and then whisk your dressing at the bottom of the bowl and then layer your salad on top and then place a sheet of paper towel on top of your salad and then just leave it in the fridge and the paper towel will help soak up any moisture. Now the dressing on the bottom of the bowl can handle heartier things. So this is a great time to put maybe fennel or cherry tomatoes or cucumbers and then leave the the leafy greens on top. Now you can also assemble a salad in a big bowl and then make your dressing separately in a small mason jar. So make the dressing ahead of time, assemble the salad ahead of time, and then when you are ready to serve, just take that mason jar of dressing and drizzle it right on top and salad is done. I like to do heartier greens for my fall salad. So shredded kale is great. It holds up really well. It lasts in the fridge prepped for three days in advance. And also other vegetables such as shaved fennel hold up really well, but more delicate things that can oxidize such as chopped apple or pear, those are best left to do right before serving because it can brown up kind of quickly in the fridge so assemble everything else even cheese you can also crumble some goat cheese or feta cheese on top of your salad and it just stays fresh really really easily so use heartier cuts of greens and heartier leafy greens such as kale and fennel even arugula would be really nice and just let it sit in the fridge until you are ready to serve And as I've mentioned before, while the turkey is resting on the countertop, you have free reign of your oven. So you can also roast squash or other vegetables ahead of time and then reheat it in the oven until warm through. Or you can use this time to roast your vegetables in the oven so they're nice and piping hot when you're ready to serve it. And heartier vegetables such as Brussels sprouts or squashes like butternut squash or kabocha squash or even acorn squash, they can be prepped ahead of time as well, put everything, you know, on a sheet pan ready to go, I would say up to three days in advance, and it's perfectly fine. And then just pop it in the oven, roast for about 40 minutes to an hour until incredibly tender. And another question I get asked is about serving. I like to keep it really casual and really simple. I like to keep the turkey in the kitchen and if people want seconds, you know, please help themselves and have the side dishes on the table if people want seconds. But keep it simple, let people help themselves do a buffet style and just keep it incredibly casual. Another tip is don't worry about everything having to be hot at the same time. It's okay if some things are warm or even cold. Nobody will notice. It's always going to be delicious. And also, Fresh herbs go a long way. So if you have fresh chives, fresh parsley, sprinkle your dishes with some fresh herbs because that just pops the freshness factor on your dishes and it just elevates the dishes even more. I hope some of these recipes, tips, ideas helped you in the kitchen for Thanksgiving week. This has been such a fun episode and fun week of cooking. I'm so excited for the holiday season this year. And I will include some of the recipes I mentioned in the show notes. And if you have any cooking questions, holiday questions that I can help you with, you can find me all over social media. I'm on Instagram at Ferraro Kitchen. I'm on Facebook as The Little Ferraro Kitchen, and you can always contact me through my website and find more recipes as well at littleferrarokitchen.com. I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving, happy holidays, happy cooking, and I will see you in the kitchen next time.